And welcome to another episode of the Convoluted Podcast. It's your host, Jesus, a.k.a. Tyrant Dominus. And we got another guest this week from the realm of Reddit. So uh, go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you. Uh, so my name is Jeremy Boyd. Um, I run a YouTube channel called Polyphonic Press, uh, where I review uh, like classic albums and talk about um, music that I like. Cool. So um, after I saw your your posting on Reddit the the, the other day, I well I kind of messaged you and I actually uh, went to go check out your channel and mm-hmm. see see what it was and I really enjoyed the the content. You seem like you take your time and to it, like you're very knowledgeable of what you're doing. Can you can you tell us a little bit about your your YouTube channel and your the content you provide? Yeah, so I actually started it um, in 2011, and uh, I did it for about five or six years, and then I decided around 2016, I thought, um, I just kind of felt burnt out by it, and I was reviewing at that time, I was doing, like, talking about new albums that were coming out, and for a while it was fun, and, uh, but I just, I kind of got bored with it, so I decided to walk away, and um, and then, I don't know, about a month or so ago, I just decided that I wanted to start making videos again. But I thought I would, because I'm a big fan of um, like classic rock and, and like older music. And I, as you get older, I'm 30. So as you get older, you kind of are not that interested in new music that comes out anymore. It's just a generational thing, I think. And it just happens with everybody. So I just got bored with listening to new music so i thought you know i really just want to talk about the music that i like so um so i've been doing it for about three weeks now and um i've been having a lot of fun i've been into music since i was a kid um i remember when i was really little i was into like my favorite was uh, elvis and um but and i'm also a musician and and i play guitar and so basically my whole life and everything that I'm interested in is is just music. Okay, cool. Um, funny. Um, as a as a child, I was not a big fan of music. There's very little that I enjoyed. Uh, but I kind of well, um, I'm Hispanic, so I kind of grew up with the the loud Latin music always around. Oh yeah. And and um, it's like it's not bad now that now that I kind of appreciate it more in my age now. But as a child, it's not like something you you want to hear all the time right. in your face. Um, funny thing is, I'm all, um, there was there there was very little music that I did enjoy. And funny thing is, Elvis was one of my favorite uh, oh, really? artists as well. Yes, yes, um, I like I really enjoyed some of his earlier works. Um, and it's interesting, like what you were saying uh, as far as. Uh, as you grow, your it's a thing that happens with different generations. You seem to appreciate music in, uh, of different types. I, as far as like the newer music, it's kind of hard for me to get into some of the the more of the because how do I explain this? For me, I can for the most part, I enjoy almost every type of genre of music except country. Mm-hmm. So so. Like I, I dabble in every little bit, and but there, you know, in every genre, there's always this 
subgenre of music. So it's hard for me because I kind of my my I would say my safety net of music would be uh, like the old school classic rock, some disco, and mm-hmm. old school rap. That would be okay. my safety net for music. Cool. Uh, but like I. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit music first. Like, um, so yeah, you said you you really got into it early on. Uh, what kind of what kind of evolved from from time to time then? Well, I think um, so. I had when I was about eight years old or seven, actually. Um, I met my best friend, um, and he was. He his father had passed away when he uh, when he was very young, and he, his father was a musician. And uh, the, when he when his father was in the hospital, his mom and their family really got to know the um, the, the nurse that was taking care of him and their family. And uh, I think there was about a two hour drive from the hospital to their hometown. So on the way, and they would drive them back and on the way they would play music in the car. And he really got into um, Tom Petty. And when, and he became obsessed with Tom Petty and and everything about it. And so uh, when I met him, he, he inevitably asked me like, do you know Tom Petty? And I said, yeah, I think my dad has a couple of his CDs at home. And so that day after school, I went home and I listened to the two CDs that we had. Uh, It was Into the Great Wide Open and Wildflowers, which are two amazing albums. Uh, But my dad said, well, if you like those, you'll probably like the album Damn the Torpedoes. And so he went to the basement and got out his uh, cassette collection from like the late 70s, early 80s, when he was uh, like in his late teens and that around that time. And there was a lot of really cool, like, post-punk, new wave stuff, stuff like Nick Lowe and Elvis Costello, uh, the Boomtown Rats. And there, in, mixed in there, there was Damn the Torpedoes by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. And so when I listened to that album and hearing the song Refugee, which is the first song on the album, it just, it, uh, something changed in me. And I knew at that moment uh, th- that music was going to be a part of my life. And um, it's still my favorite album of all time. So that's really the biggest um, shift in my paradigm as far as music goes. And that's really when it awakened in me that <clears throat> I, I had been into music before, but that's when I knew that, okay, this is what I'm going to focus on. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. That, that's, that is really interesting that such um well, that, that is a, very serious for at least for your friend that's a very serious moment in his life and to kind of relate that to music to use as um a form of what's the word what's the word uh comfort i would say yeah yeah and then then for you to kind of just then also like start to appreciate music for me i uh, i'm gonna uh, i'll admit it i like when i first started to really appreciate music for me was when I when uh, Guitar Hero came out. Okay. That that was for me when because for me music wasn't really a thing. It was just background stuff for like it's on the radio or it's playing on movies or commercials. It was just there. Right. 
So when I saw Guitar Hero for me, I was like, oh, it's a cool video game. You get a, you get the plastic guitar and you can try to emulate being a you know a rock star. And when I when I got my chance because my cousin had it, we played it, and I was like trying to trying to play it, and you really had to pay attention to well the song, just the melody right. and everything, and then that's what really like okay I like. I like this song. Let me listen to it and keep playing. And then after that, I just started looking for the music itself outside the game. And like, I want to hear it. And that for me was kind of the real focal point. So around when Guitar Hero was out, that was for me when I was like, yes, I kind of want to listen to more music. Then that just kind of opened my appreciation to music a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when Guitar Hero came out and, and, I like because I was so young when I was into this music, you know, I kind of in school, I got kind of picked on a little bit because I wasn't listening to what the other kids were listening to. And then when Guitar Hero came out and everybody started to catch up and started listening to the music that I, I was listening to. And I was like, see, I told you, I told you it was good. Oh, that's funny. I love, I love yeah. that. It, like, it's funny because like it's interesting like you, some people can't really appreciate i don't know everyone has different tastes so i'm not going to really judge people so yeah because like like i said i like i like a very wide variety of music like i can enjoy um anything from classical to like heavy metal mm-hmm. uh, and for some people that's just odd like like I've been, I've I've been to like big heavy metal concerts and mosh pits, but I've also seen like orchestras play classical music. Right. And I think for me, like I've been very fortunate to do this and see these and listen to it. That I I appreciate it for its performance value, for the hard work that the 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 people behind the music do it and that's one of the reason that's one part of the the music that i enjoy is the the work that goes into the songs the the Mm -hmm. tracks um but no yeah it's it's funny that that some people like after you tell them like this is a really good song and then like nah eh." then a couple days uh, a little later some some trend like these days, some trend comes out and mm-hmm. it starts playing and repeat in the background. And like, you see, it is a good song. You know, exactly. everyone's liking it. Yeah. But <laughs> that's kind of how things are now. It's just a song will just trend somewhere or in some meme. And then it just, it, it becomes something. Yeah. And I, I but, find now too, that it's, it seems to come and go very fast. Whereas before, like a trend would last maybe, a couple months whereas now it's like a week a week a trend lasting a week is a long time oh god yes oh we, we were it's no longer that that the the quote-unquote 15 minutes of fame it's like you get like five seconds and then you move mm-hmm. on like you unless you're like extremely popular or something and it's relatable to a, a point if it's just a quick funny thing it just it just passes by where it's it's really surprising how fast our attention span has kind of shortened a little bit. Like yeah. we're, we're always just like wanting the next thing. 
But it's funny, like, we, we say that with some of the content that's happening now, yet music can kind of, for the most part, can test the, t- pass the test of time. Mm-hmm. So that's another great thing. And going back kind of to your channel, it's like I like that you're kind of, like, you've recently just gotten back onto it, and you're, re- you're reviewing. And I really, like, like wh- when I went to your channel, like, I was trying to see what you did. I saw like your two latest ones and then I went back a little bit to one of your earlier works and I was like I didn't really notice that you took a break uh besides your you had a co-host if I remember right the one I saw yeah John that's actually that's the guy that uh his father died that's my best friend that's oh that's him yeah Yeah. all right but yeah like like I'm, I'm really glad that you're trying to put uh put out there that there's there's a lot of good music out there so people just <laughs> just kind of have to find it yeah and luckily there like you there's someone who can kind of explain some of the things not only about the music but something about the the artists and the the, the things that were happening around them at that time yeah and um just like i i really like um what you said like timeless music um i just reviewed uh the album harvest by neil young and you probably have heard the song old man and the reason i love that song is because it's about the the story behind that song is it's it's about neil young bought this ranch in northern california and he still lives there today and the song is about when he was 24 years old and comparing his life to this man who is much older than him and what i love about that that song came out in 1972 but you can listen to it now and still relate to it. Hmm. Okay. So I like I like songs that don't necessarily reference like things that are happening now, but more that are more like um, this is what I, this is what I'm experiencing, and this is probably what everybody experiences. Uh, that's what I like about music like that like it's not necessarily yes it was it sounds like sonically it sounds like the 70s but lyrically it could have been written yesterday and it's still relevant that that's a good point right there like lyrics wise because like the this like this last i would say what the last 10 15 years lyrics wise like the the pop like the pop genre has been so repetitive and mm-hmm. it's there's there there are some there's some there's some hits in there here and there but then there's just so much repetitiveness so much copying that you can't remember what song is what which when they have just the same meaning behind it yeah and uh, i don't know it's i don't know how to well, no go ahead well and 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 like technology has technology for music has is both a blessing and a curse because now a band doesn't necessarily need to practice because they can just put it through the computer and they can um, cor- make all the drums perfectly in time. They can tune the guitars. Everybody knows about auto tune, but I don't think people necessarily know that you can change the tempo of the drum so that it it's exactly on the beat if the drummer is a little bit slow you, like you can fix everything but i think what you lose is is the human element of it and um 
it's okay. Like when a, when you hear like Led Zeppelin sounds different than Black Sabbath. They're very similar, but you know, even without hearing Robert Plant or Ozzy Osbourne, just hearing the music, you know that it's them. And that's because it's the the people that are making that music. Whereas now is one band sounds like another band because they process the music and they try to fix it um, and to make everything correct. But what people don't realize it's, it's rock and roll. Isn't about being correct. It's about the attitude behind it. That, that's a good way. That's a good way to put it. I like that. I actually like that statement, but no, yeah, uh, that is a good way. Like I have a, I have a, a couple of buddies who, for the last, well, whoa, so almost eight years now that I've known them, they've been, uh, they've been, well, they've been a band for longer than I've known them. But when when I met them, they've been they were they've been working their butts off to, uh, put together like their their own personal album and try to get, uh, onto the, onto the stage. Like I, I live in the in the Portland area and it's heavy with uh uh bands trying to get out there. It's a very yeah, is is the indie scene the proper term? I don't know. Uh yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, there there's yeah. so many local bands and out there there's so many opportunities and like I I've I've been hoping for the best of them. And luckily their type of genre they, they do the I don't want to be wrong. I forget if they play heavy metal or black metal. I forget what genre. But luckily, that type of music is pretty uh, positive in this area. I don't know how to put it. Uh, A lot of people like it. Let's go with that. Yeah. Okay. But that's cool. And yeah, but it's, I think because of the internet now, it's easier to get your music out there. You don't necessarily need to have a record label behind you oh no yeah thank you but, for what is it uh soundcloud and what's the other there's one other site uh i can't remember the other site now the other music site that people post to well i know now like you don't need to have a record label to to submit a song to itunes Mm-mm. Um, like anybody can do it so um but yeah, but also I think because because of that, it also it it's easy to get lost in the shuffle because so many people are doing it. Yes. So I think uh, as far as like people who are trying to actually begin and doing that, it, it's good that there is an online exposure. But trying to get yourself out there, like like the old days, and perform and on live stages, is a great way to do it as well. Yeah. But. So, is there like like we've been talking kind of in the in the rock genre? Is there any other music, uh, any other genre of music that you enjoy listening as well? Um, well, I like a lot of blues. Um, okay. I, I do, and I, I do like some country. Getting back to your point of not liking country, and I think there there might be some country that you might like. You might like alternative country. And maybe some of the outlaw movement, like Johnny Cash and and okay. Merle Haggard and those people, because yeah. their 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 lyrics are really cool and interesting, and they're kind of they kind of go against the pop country that you hear today. Um, and it's, it's coming from a more honest place. Um, but yeah, rock is is mostly what I listen to. Okay. 
So, so, what, uh, let's see here. So, okay, let's go with this. If you had to your pick your iPod back in the day, and you pick uh, five bands or groups to put on that uh, iPod and their music, what would it be? Uh, it would be uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers would be number one. Uh, the Black Crows. Uh, there's a band in Canada that you probably haven't heard of. They're big here, but I don't think they're popular in the States. They're called Sloan. Um, that would go with the Beatles. And number five has always been, I keep going back and forth on number five between either the police or the Rolling Stones. Ooh, okay. Like, I, funny thing is, I'm a I'm a really big police uh, fan. Like, oh yeah. Yes. Uh, like I, like their their music for me. I think, like going back to uh, rock band, their songs. I don't know. I, I I really enjoyed the melody on a lot of their music. So my my goal for a lot of the times when playing uh, rock band or guitar hero was trying to master them on expert just right. their music their music and uh there had been many of nights that i've almost destroyed my plastic guitar <laughs> uh, but i well, like just it's but playing you like playing them and repeat didn't ruin the music for me i because i no. genuinely liked the, the the song i was playing from them yeah and the thing about the police is they it, like in the 70s when they came out, they were considered a punk band, but they had this background in jazz. So they were playing three chord punk music, but the three chords were like augmented chords and seventh chords and stuff like that. And um, the drummer, uh, Stuart Copeland, he grew up in, in Lebanon. And so he had this sort of um, almost reggae sort of influence. Um, so it really creates an interesting sound between the guitar player, Andy Summers, and, who has a jazz background, and playing against this reggae beat. And then Sting's vocals, obviously, are very, very distinctive. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, God. Like, I, I, like, you, sorry, I'm trying to think of something, but, like, you're, you're very knowledgeable as far as uh, music and the, the people around it, from what I can tell. Um, because as for, for, I, I, for me, I'm like the average Joe that mm -hmm. just enjoys the music. Um, and I can do little nib, little nibbits of different things that I've kind of dug deeper. Um, what kind of got you a little bit deeper into music? Like you, i I know how you started to appreciate it, but what kind of got you into learning a little bit more in the background of these bands and things like that? So when I was about... Um, 10 or 11, Canada, so Canada had uh, a music station very much like MTV. It was called Much Music. And then, and they always played new music, and I watched it because I was into music, but they didn't, weren't really playing uh, the stuff that I, I liked. Um, and then all of a sudden, we got a news station called Much More Music, which was a lot like uh, VH1. And they started playing stuff from the 70s and the 80s and the early 90s. And um, I, so I watched it constantly, just wanting to hear the music that I... I wanted to see the videos and see what the people looked like 
to the music that I had been hearing. And the other interesting thing that they did is they started playing um, Behind the Music, which is like a biography show about musicians. And so I would watch that constantly, just learning everything that I could. And um, yeah, that's basically how it happened. That was my education in in music, is just watching too many episodes of Behind the Music. <laughs> that's, I'm not going to lie, that is a good way to learn because yeah. uh, there, there's the information and you retained it because it's something actually you enjoyed. That is, that's cool. I like that. And I kind of miss those days back when MTV and VH1, at least in the States, were actually what they used to be, something for music and videos, and now not this trash we have these days. Yeah. Oh, God. I don't even want to dive into that. <laughs> but for anyone listening out there, yes, VH1 and MTV were actually music, not like we old farts say. Like, it was actually something good. Yeah. But... Let's uh, let's steer away from that. That's that's the whole <laughs> It's a mess. It's a mess. Yeah. So, actually, I wanna I wanna actually talk a little bit about your your time on YouTube and your uh, looks like your comeback actually. Um, what got you first started into doing uh your YouTube channel? So I I never really used YouTube the way it was intended. I always looked up um again just looking up. Uh, music videos and um, like I said one of my favorite bands was uh, it still is the Black Crows and at the time they were going on hiatus and so but I was just looking for uh, live performances from them because they have they have a, a taping policy at their shows where they allow people to tape their shows and trade between fans and um and there's a lot of uh, professionally shot uh, live footage of them that gets played on like German TV and stuff like that. So I was just looking for videos of them, and there was this uh, YouTube channel called The Rocket Out Blog. He's not doing it anymore, but it was a music news channel. And um, I uh, I was watching it. It was he was because I was typing in the Black Crows. It, he was reporting on the Black Crows going on hiatus. And so I started watching this channel, and I thought, this is really cool. This is, you know, because I didn't know that people did that on YouTube. I just thought people just, like, uploaded videos. Because I remember back in the day of, like, LimeWire and stuff, like, downloading music videos and stuff like that. So I thought, when YouTube came along, I thought, oh, this is what YouTube is for. But I didn't really know that people, I didn't know the, about the concept of a YouTuber. So when I discovered that, I thought, oh, this is really cool. Someone's actually doing like a news show on YouTube. That's really interesting. And so I got into that, and obviously I discovered all the other YouTubers cause, uh, just by proxy. And and I, th I started, I, and I thought, okay, maybe I could kind of do this because I'm really into music, and I, I know quite a bit about it. So... That's why I chose the name Polyphonic Press because the word press is like a news type of thing. And um, and then, I, but I, I found that I didn't really, I wasn't really interested in keeping up with music current events. And I thought, well, this guy's already doing it. There's no point in me doing the same thing that he's doing. 
And then at, at the same time, he did a collaboration with uh, The Needle Drop, uh, who does album reviews. And I remember thinking, well, that's stupid. Why would you want to watch a video of an album review? Because in my mind, album reviews were always like articles in magazines and on blogs. But then the more I watched it, the more I thought, okay, this is what I want to do. I want, because he's reviewing albums that were, he wasn't reviewing albums that were coming out that I was into. Like I was into like all these blues artists that were coming out where they were coming out with albums. And I thought, and so I saw a slot that I could fill and I thought, okay, I could talk about the albums that he's not talking about and I could bring attention to those albums. And so that's kind of what got me started on it. Okay, cool. I like that. That is, that is one way to kind of really start building on top of not only your, your hobby, but your passion and just try mm-hmm. to spread it. I kind of had the, I had a similar mentality when I was trying to do my thing. Uh, except I, unlike, unlike you, you, like you, you found yourself a, a way to kind of d- different yourself from what back then was kind of probably just a, a niche here and there. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still in the, uh, I don't know what my, I am anymore, but I'm 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 just everywhere. Honestly, like I don't know what I am as far as YouTube is concerned. I'm I'm just there sometimes, but yeah. <laughs> like th- there is one thing I want to uh, ask is like you said that you ha- you had a burnout, and that's something I personally had. Even though I w- I was just doing it for fun, but I I I myself had a, a slight burnout too, and kind of like stepped away. What was your kind of your moment for that? Because if I remember, you said that you were doing it with your buddy. Yeah. So what happened was I started getting interested. I went back to school for um, for web development um, around the same time that I quit. And I don't know. I just I just um, I just got tired of doing it. I just and um i i kind of put this pressure on myself because i know that you can there are people who do make a living on youtube and i really wanted to do that because i was working i was living at home with my parents i was working in a factory that i really didn't like and i thought and i sort of put this pressure on myself to make youtube my job and the way that my brain works is the more that I feel that I have to do something, the less likely I am to do it. So I felt like, okay, I have to do a video because I have to make a living doing this. I have to do it because I have to. And I just, I just, one day I woke up and I just thought I'm not enjoying this because, because of this pressure. Uh, and so I just decided to walk away from it. And what brought okay. me- yeah, and what brought me back was, okay, so I've been at college for two years. I have this degree. I'm about to start a new career. So um, I'm still looking for a job in web development, but that's my main focus, really. I just want to talk about the music that I want to talk about. And if I happen to make YouTube my job, that's cool. But if it never happens... I still want to just enjoy talking about the music that I like. And so having that pressure taken off of me, 
it's become fun again. And, and, and it's just, I'm not worried about that aspect of it. <laughs> you know what's funny? I can, I can relate. So uh, with that, um, like what, what, from, from what I can tell you, it, the YouTube kind of, or that feeling of making those videos felt like a job at that point, a job you weren't getting paid at that point. And it was just right. tedious. Like I felt that, um, I was actually going to, when I was doing my YouTube with, uh, with my, my brother, um, like I was going to school and working two jobs and making videos and it in the back of my head, it like, like you, I was like, I gotta, I gotta put out content. Like, like, no, I, I there was too much happening in my life. And uh, like, you know, I, I don't need that. I don't like, I, like I was having fun, but I just didn't want that. Like the pressure, like you said, <laughs> of just like having to put something out and like it, it just became horrible. And I, I stopped for uh, probably a year, year and a half, maybe. The only reason I started up again, as far as like my the the, the silly YouTube videos that I make, was my brother uh, left to the to the military, and like the way. So my channel, simply put, is just me reacting to different TV shows and talking about what my thoughts on that episode was, and that's kind of what like he tells me what show he's watching and and uh, we like kind of like tell me okay and i'll check out the tv show and I, that's kind of a way for him to let you know because he doesn't have the the time to call and so i'll have a video for him like here this is what i thought about the the that tv show episode and then when he has a moment he, he'll have to, a chance to watch it and then when he has a moment to call on the weekend, we can talk about that show. And like, yeah, you see, that's what I thought. And you can go from there. And that's kind of what I've been doing for now eight months, just talking about TV shows and chatting with them. And then I've been surprisingly slowly growing again. And I was like, and it's been fun. Um, I've recently slowly stopped because I'm, I'm in the moving process, the fun mm. moving process. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so and uh, doing this podcast gig too and uh, <laughs> like I, i'm like i said i'm everywhere i'm like podcasting youtube videos working all the all the shenanigans life basically yeah. you know life yeah uh you know for as far as youtube is concerned and making videos it's it's now just become a chance for me just to have fun and talk about tv shows with with my brother and whoever out there is willing to listen to to me yeah and and that's ultimately what you have how you have to look at it uh i think and, and people like there's um a youtuber subreddit obviously and um when i started i thought okay i, I can do one video a week that's i can do that and i thought to if I if I'll do I'll have four videos ready to go before I even announce that I'm coming back. So then that way I can consistently put out videos every week. And if I if there's a week that I'm sick or for some reason that I can't make a video, I'll I'll still be able to be consistent. And doing just the one video a week, I can I can write the script for a video. Um, 
film it and edit it all in one day. So it's only one day a week that I'm doing it. And people keep telling me that oh, you have to do more than one video a week. Otherwise you won't grow on YouTube. And I'm thinking, well, I don't really care. Like I'm just having, I'm having fun doing this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry. It's just, it's funny because that's, yeah, that's, that's all it is really. We're like, we're, we're, we're still at that point where we're just enjoying Join. There's probably a lot of YouTubers at that point who, who just just started enjoying making the videos. They weren't thinking of, oh, there's people, but like the general people, it's just them having fun. Yeah, you know, that's that's really what 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 the YouTube community is, or sh it is should be. Uh, even though these days it's that's not looking well for YouTube and and their their and their. Yeah content creator sadly and a lot of people are moving away from that but yeah, i noticed a lot of people are more concerned with making money than making good content oh <sighs> uh, yeah there's a well i don't know it's it's rough um like i try to like i have a, a good variety of people that i watch and you know, you got your your generic people. You know, the top with the millions. But I I try to watch and find the some of the more obscure ones and see what's out there because you know you never know. That's what's what's fun about YouTube. There's like there's billions of videos on there and there's millions of people uploading. You never know that you might find someone that you you'll just click with. Exactly. So like honestly, like uh uh. Your content, I like. I really appreciate it because you, uh, one, like you're talking, you're talking about music that I actually enjoy, um, and it's giving me information about the not only the album, but the artist, and that's kind of cool because that just gives me a little bit of a, uh, kind of that, what's the word, uh, what is it like, shoot. Bar quiz. Why can't I think of the proper term for that? A little pop quiz information like, that you like never trivia. know. There you go, trivia. Yeah, yeah. A little, just a little trivia knowledge that you never know that might pop up, and uh, th like that, you you never know when something like that can happen. Like, and uh, it's just fun to know that. Yeah, and that that's really why I do it because, I, uh, for me, it's I don't know everything about the artist. And so part of the fun of, of it is doing the research and learning about this art, this album that I kind of know, but I don't necessarily know the background of it. And just because um, uh, I'm doing, so I'm doing a lot of learning uh, with the process as well. Well, excuse me. Sorry. But no, yeah, that's a that's great because then that you can uh, showcase that to everyone, and it's really great because that's one way to show appreciation to the the music and the people that you really enjoy. Mm -hmm. So that's that's kind of you, your YouTube and your music. So who? What is another part of Jeremy that is outside of that? Um. Well, um, I one one thing I really love to do, like, I live in I, I'm from a, I live in Toronto, 
And I come from a, a smaller town outside of Toronto, about a two hour drive away. And my aunt used to live here. And I remember coming here, visiting here when I was a kid and just being um, just awestruck by the tall buildings and everything. And just, um, I, I just loved the big city and I, I was kind of bored with the small town. I think a lot of people feel that way. And um, so since moving here, I moved back here to go to school, but I've stayed because this is really where the jobs are for web development. And so one thing that I absolutely love to do when on my days off, uh, one thing that Toronto prides itself on is its pub public transit. And so we have a pretty good subway system. A lot of people complain about it. Um, and it, it doesn't take you everywhere you need to go, but it's, it's not bad. And so one of my favorite things to do, like on a day off, um, is just to pick a random spot on the subway and just walk around that neighborhood and just explore the city and just, uh, just take everything in around me. Um, that's honestly, that's one of my favorite things to do that isn't related to music at all. Just sort of just experience the world as it is. That's cool. I, 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 I like that. Like what's funny is I'm kind of the reverse. I grew up in the, the, the big city and yeah. moved away uh, to kind of suburbia. Uh, well, that was just kind of a family thing. Um, mm -hmm. But like I've, I've gone from city to, like nature everywhere um but i do i do see that appreciation to explore so there we can share that uh yeah. the closest big city is portland for me and <laughs> uh, god i hate that place so much oh really <laughs> well it's there's so much to do there but like you were saying that you you have for the most part of reasonable public transit right mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing here. Like it's horrible. I hate. Oh, really? For for yeah, for me, like this. Okay, this is a little like hot take and rant. I I despise trying to go into that city. Like, like there's so many cool things to do over there, but I I will try to avoid because the <laughs> the layout of the streets are horrible. Parking is oh. horrible. The the people driving or on bicycles. Oh god. That's kind of my rant. It's just it's just horrible to, to be in a vehicle over there. Like yeah. you honestly have to be living in the city and enjoy because like I do like like you I do like to enjoy and explore the city. But mm -hmm. if you're trying to just get into the city and like situate yourself, that's like a whole trip in itself. Yeah. And, uh, that's kind of that's my hot take. Okay, guys, there. It's, it's over now. Anyone listening? But yeah, but no, yeah, I do. I do appreciate just the exploration of uh, just the the our, our surroundings that we often don't really get to explore because <laughs> these days it's behind a screen. Sadly, it's like everyone's just on their phones or on their computers or tablets, and really, that's kind of that's kind of been the thing lately. Yeah, that's how I was. Um in my hometown because there was really nothing else to do other than be on your computer or, or, and watch YouTube all day or whatever. Um, so I, I think because of that, I appreciate being where I am more because it's, even if there's nothing to do in the city, there's always something to see. 
whether it's like a landmark like the CN Tower or just an interesting neighborhood, like the architecture in the neighborhood or whatever. Okay. No, yeah. Surprisingly, I know a lot. I know a couple of people down in uh, Canada. Uh, thanks to this podcast, like I, I've gotten to know a good amount of people from around the world. Surprisingly. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, so actually, uh, talking to the my Canadian friends, I've like, I, I'm thinking of taking a trip one day up there and just enjoying it because from what they tell me and what they have they've sent me as far, as far as images is it's it's really nice and and uh, like i i personally need to get out a little bit more like it's funny that yeah. we're 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 sitting in front of our skins talking but it's uh like i i want to try to get a little bit outside more from my area just my city yeah or my state i want to kind of go out more a little bit more uh, well, enjoy the world a little bit. Yeah, well, you're you're in Portland, so you're not too far away from Vancouver, right? No, not. Mm, yeah. No. I think yeah, Vancouver's just uh, on the other side of Seattle, just north of Seattle or something. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's it's a couple hours, but it, yeah, it's not too far. It's just a good drive. But like, I I honestly just want to get out more. And yeah. luckily, as far as this podcast goes, as long as I have a mic and a, my laptop. I can do it anywhere. There you go. And internet. But yeah. <laughs> there's there's free internet almost everywhere nowadays. Like Yeah, that's free. true. So yeah, that's that's what the great thing about this show. So people don't worry, there's I'll try to get you content as much <laughs> as I can. As long as people want to talk. But no, yeah. The it, for me it's kind of the next level as far as my personal goals is kind of exploration a little bit. Yeah. But so as far as like, is there what? What are you looking forward to? Because I know you're trying to, uh, you're trying to get into your work and from your studies. Yeah, um, I, I think it would be really cool to work for like a startup, um, a, like a tech company that's doing something really cool to to be there at the ground level and to sort of build a company. But um, really, I like what I like about web development is trying to work through a problem when you're trying to code and it's not working, it's not working, it's not working. And then finally you do something and it, I, this always happens to me is you try something and you think, well, this isn't going to work. And then it does. And that's the best feeling in the world is, Oh, it finally works. Uh, I know that. I know that feeling all too well. Like yeah. I, I have a, I have a, a background in technology. I have a, I have a degree in um, system administration and software development, and uh, almost uh, almost done, and probably won't ever get done, is my bachelor's in cybersecurity. But that's a whole fiasco in itself. Oh yeah. But no, like I, I as far as the coding and solving problems, I I understand being stuck in a problem for so long and then just getting it and seeing like that's what it was. Yes, yeah. done. And it works. I love that. I love that feeling. Yeah. I love that feeling in any anything when you get it to do what you wanted it to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, that's interesting. Like, like for me, like I'm 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 in that area where the the job market for or tech mark the tech jobs like they're abundant, but oh, it's rigorous since there's so many people trying to 
get those positions. How is it in your area? I'm finding the same thing. Like I graduated in June and I'm still looking for a front end web developer job. Damn. Yeah. Then I, I share, we share each other's pain then. At the yeah. Moment. Yeah. But, well, yeah, it's, it's hard because a lot of, I've talked about this before, but it's hard when a, a company is not, not only looking for your education, but for your experience. And it's hard to build that experience when they won't take you. Exactly. It's like I, every, I, I apply anyway, but all, a lot of the job postings are like three to five years experience. It's like, well, but how am I supposed to get the experience without, you know what I mean? Like I just graduated. I don't have three years experience. Like give me a chance and I can prove myself. But you, I guess, I guess, I guess it's, um, they want to make sure the person that they're hiring knows what they're doing but i can see it from there and why they do it but uh, it would be nice if they gave fresh people a chance i know right oh god i know that because i uh as far as uh trying to find a job in the the tech field i've been i've been trying at least for um, two years and like I, I, for me at least at this point in my life all, most of the jobs and the amount they're willing to pay, mm -hmm. I I can't accept because it won't it wouldn't sustain my living for all the debt that I have from going to school. So there's like a a certain amount from what I'm making right now in my current job that I'm willing to lose. Right. Like yes, I can take this pay cut, but the, most of the jobs I'm that will 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 take me is way below that, and there is no way that I would be able to well have a roof over my head or food to eat to right so and that's what's frustrating is that that from at least for me that is like i like i I'm, i want to use the degrees that i spent my time and money to do but they're not willing to do it and it's for me it's frustrating because like i for i know the stuff i know they're looking for the experience but you know, like you said, it's like I get it. You know, they're they 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 want some level of security from their end. But it's frustrating when you kind of pigeonhole yourself in in a, in a job, mostly with uh, that level of debt. I don't know how hmm. how the education system in uh, Canada is as far as uh, higher education. But I'm I'm in debt for at least the next ten years or so. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's um you you uh, your loan is through the government and it is still a loan, but they have it now so that if you're making less than twenty thousand dollars a year, um, you don't have to pay it back. So once you make more than twenty thousand dollars a year, then you start have to paying it back. But if you're making less than that, um, it's sort of like an extension. Hmm. Okay. God damn it. That sounds really good right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would be even better if we had like, uh, I think it's Finland where like post-secondary education is just, it, that's just what you do. It's like, it's part of the curriculum. It's part of the school system. Yeah, actually I think uh, I remember listening to one of my buddies podcasts. He had a, what was it? Uh, 
he was he was talking to a guy from Sweden. They 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 do the same thing. They their education system is also like uh, secondary <laughs> classes are also paid by the government for you to go yeah. and study. And like, damn. Ah, oh, God. So many other countries have it right. Mm-hmm. God damn it. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, well, you the news for our country and the, their leaders, yeah, it's all beyond bonkers. So I'm yeah. not going to get into that. But <laughs> I know we're not going to get anything fixed, <laughs> at least yeah. in the next couple of years. Not so. anytime soon. <laughs> So um uh, yeah I'm not gonna really think about that. Let's <laughs> let's do let's go with some uh, let's go into some positives. So yeah, like you like exploring. Is there anything else you like to do? Um, well I I work at a movie theater part time right now, <clears throat> so I like watching movies. Um, Ooh okay. Yeah, the new Halloween movie is really good. Um, I'm from the time of those recording. Since it is Halloween, so we're, it's Halloween we're, we're the day I recorded. I'm going to be seeing that tonight. Oh, it's, so, it's really good. So it's, it's uh, do you know much about it? Uh, just, just the trailer. I've only seen the, the two trailers that got released. That's as much as I've seen about it. Okay, so um, <clears throat> you, have you, you've seen the, the first Halloween, the one they put out in the 70s, right? I've seen most of the Halloweens, even that okay. crappy H201. Right. So what they've done is they this is just a continuation from the first one. They've uh completely ignored all the sequels. And mm. this just picks up 40 years after the the first uh movie. So like all this the, the supernatural stuff and the um Michael Myers being her her brother, they've uh put the, all of that aside and it's just picking up after 1978. Okay. So I should just at least I should kind of refresh myself with the first movie just to kind of well I, I for the most part I do enjoy the the classics so I, that wouldn't be bad to at least watch before I yeah. so that's good that's good to know because then I only have to watch one movie yeah exactly that's cool I I, I like that premise that's gonna be interesting all right so yeah. as for you, your opinion without kind of spoiling it too much uh, what were your kind of thoughts of that movie because. The, like we're we're in that time where a lot of sequels are happening and yeah. some of them aren't that great. Your your opinion because you already kind of said that you really enjoyed it. Like, like what what did you enjoy about it? Uh, I thought it was really well done. I thought um, it made sense as a sequel, um, and it's sort of like the next generation almost, but but still keeping the same characters. Um. Yeah, I just I thought I thought it was really well done, and and John Carpenter, um, they they didn't they did it with John Carpenter's blessing. They didn't um, just go off and make another Halloween movie. They he approved everything and approved the script. And um, actually, uh, Danny McBride um, actually co-wrote the script to this. Oh, really? Um, cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just I thought it was really. Well done, and it was it made sense as a sequel to the first movie. Perfect. Now I kind of want to see the first movie, then head into it just to kind of get that feeling a little bit. Yeah, that's nice. So we're getting we're getting to the to the end of the year. So this year has been bustling with films. Is there any like <laughs> movies that really stick out to you that you've seen? Because there's been a lot, and I'm trying to think myself. What have I watched? 
but it kind of sticks up. Um, there was a movie. Uh, it came out not too long ago. Um, it's called. Oh, it was called White Boy Rick. Um, oh yeah, I saw was, so many trailers for that. That Did was you? really well done. Yeah, I really like that. Um, can you okay for people? Can you explain the premise for the the people listening? Yeah, so um, it's uh, it's actually it's a true story, um, and it's, it's uh, I can't remember. It's it takes place in the eighties, and um, it's just uh, it's just kind of about um, the uh, sort of I, I don't want to use the term white trash, but that's kind of what it's about. Well, you can you can you can speak whatever you want. This this space is for whatever you want to say. So <laughs> go for so, it. So yeah, it's it's kind of kind of about the uh, lower class uh, white people in Detroit in the '80s and just the the struggles that that go through and and just like there's um, just how life was back in the '80s in Detroit. It's gotten a little better, but it was really rough back then. Um, so I just I thought it was interesting. Um, watching that okay because uh, like i've seen that trailer keep popping up when i watch youtube videos and uh, like it looks it looks humorous and uh, like i don't know it, it it's not like i didn't want to watch it but it's not something that like like i need to watch it you know yeah what what got you to see the film um just working at the theater and people saying that it was really good and i That's, thought okay i'll Take a because I can watch. I can go there and watch movies for free. So I thought, well, I might as well. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of. I had a buddy that worked in the theater, so uh, once a once a week we would. He would just get me in with his guest pass, and we would watch films and <laughs> like that's kind of. So I, I I understand that. That's a that's a good thing too. And earlier this year, you know the the whole movie pass thing that was happening. Uh no, I didn't. So no, about that. what what happened? So so a quick movie pass thing. Uh, movie pass is a, a program where uh, you it's a subscription where you can go see a movie, uh, or at least back in the days, like you can go see a movie once a day, any movie. Uh, and so basically, about you can see a film every day, and you just pay this one fee. Mm -hmm. That's it, and. I kind of for last year and the beginning of this year, I was kind of seeing almost every movie I could because I could, like I could see. I think when, uh, and in, not Infinity was one of those Marvel films. Like I ended up seeing it like four times because I could see it, like, and I didn't have to pay. I only paid my subscription and I was done. So I had the I had the ability to go see films for I think it was like ten bucks a month. Oh wow. So, so it's changed a lot now. Now it's the subscription is reasonable. Like you can see, it's still about I think it's like twelve dollars uh, American, and you can see three three films a month, which is still reasonable. If you mm -hmm. if you watch three films in one month, it kind of it pays for itself at that point. Yeah, yeah, that's With, like one one movie a week, and then you just pay for the other movie. Exactly. So it's not yeah. it's not too bad. So, and we're kind of at the uh, at least like summer summers when all the big hit, hits happen. So you might have to pay 
Hector go see another film. But I think right now we're in, in the fall and winter season. We're getting to kind of the where you're really picking your films and seeing because there is a lot of like mainstream movies out there. But I, I would say White Book, White Boy Rick is one of those like obscure films that you kind of like you you see it and you're like wondering like what is it and do I want to watch it and that's like I've I've seen myself because of, because of movie that past I've been fortunate to go see some of these more obscure films from uh, different uh, companies that I normally wouldn't watch. That's cool. I we don't have anything like that here. I don't think. Um... There's a company called Cineplex. And yes, they, yes. Yeah, they seem to have the uh, the monopoly on uh, on movie theaters. The, the theater I work at isn't a, a Cineplex, but uh, they seem to dominate here in Canada. Okay. But, no, that's kind of how, that was my, my fortune, luckily, for movies at least a year ago. Uh, now I, I kind of, slowed down uh, as far as movie watching. I kind of, I would say I burnt myself out on movies. Yeah. Going every day or giving, going like when I had a chance and I, there was a movie I wanted to watch. But now I kind of just go once once a month. And the, the for me, the the movie pass is still relevant enough where like, I pay 12 bucks. I, I use it to pay for my one ticket. Maybe I'll go see another. But cool. I, I'm fine with that, you know? But that's yeah. kind of the, the movie pass situation. But like that films is there any film coming up that you're interested in watching because now we're kind of getting into like November and December yeah um not really um a lot of them are the, the movies that are coming out from now to the end of the year are, are a lot of them are going to be like family christmas movies which you know there's nothing wrong with those but um there's nothing that I'm really excited to see it no, everything kind of, kind of over now, really. Yeah. Like, I think the only thing really for me is, is the family movie, uh, Wreck It Ralph two. Oh yeah. That's that's kind of like the only thing popping out in my head right now. Uh, yeah, that's kind of it. Uh, the only other thing that I kind of want to see is maybe Aquaman, but that's kind of. That's kind of a hit or a miss for me. Yeah, but that's just because I'm, I'm still hoping for, I'm hoping for something for that franchise. But yeah, they haven't been doing too well lately. <laughs> no, and I don't know, and mostly with all the the rumors of Henry Cavill leaving and Ben Affleck leaving. I don't know. Yeah, that like, well, you you work you you see the you you work in a the movie theater. How like. And and you enjoy films, like how, what are your thoughts on this superhero genre and films? Um, I think it's gotten too big. Um, I think they're the, like the I, I understand why people like the Marvel universe, and but it's become so difficult to follow, and it's just like oh yeah, I remember when that happened, and it's just like. It's it the story kind of gets lost in the huge universe that they've created. It's cool, and it's um it's cool that how they cross over in each film and everything. But it's as a story as a whole, it it can be kind of hard to follow. So I think it's gotten just a little too big. 
Yes, I can see that. It's literally become a, a some, someone's lifetime now. You have literally have to have either lived in that lifetime or sit down and make it your life for X amount of hours. Yeah. And it's, and you're right. It's It's been... It's out. It's too a lot, and then as at least as Marvel, there's a lot. And as far as DC, and I've had this discussion many times, that, that they they just rush too much to do so too much at once, and uh, I think that not only put a lot of pressure on their writers and their directors and their actors, and just it's rough. Yeah. Well, with DC, I think. Oh, like I. I think what they 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 they're trying to compete with Marvel by, like you said, rushing to create the DC universe, um, in films, and I I just I think they're doing just they're just doing it, uh, doing a sloppy job of it. Whereas with Marvel, they kind of they took a long time to plan everything out, and whereas DC, it just seems like they're slapping it together. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, it's so sad thinking about it. Like for me, like, like I like I enjoy the the Marvel films for the most part, and I like what they're doing. But like for me, my some of my favorite heroes are Superman and Batman, and like I I enjoy seeing them on the big screen or even even animated. But I I, I like what they stand for. So hoping for what they were. When I heard this, they were gonna do something similar to Marvel. You know, you want something big like the Justice League eventually, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when you're seeing it like this, it's it hurts. Like at least for a fan, it hurts a lot to watch and to see it struggle. It's disappointing. And yeah, and and like I don't know, ten years ago or so, when they had like Batman Begins, Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises, it seems it seemed like they were going in the right direction with that and making it more of a serious thing whereas now with like Batman versus Superman and and all these the other ones it's they're more like cartoons in a way. Yeah. Oh god. Sometimes I, sometimes I kind of just wish because here here's here's a fun note because like as far as the live action, like Marvel is winning, but like DC does a really good job with all their animated films. Like mm-hmm. they're top notch on that. I wish they kind of stepped away a little bit from live action and kind of just worked with their animated uh, division and just kind of pumped out that because they could work really well. And I and I get there's a there's a budget for that too, but they put so much money into paying for actors and everything that I think they could do something great with just the animated stuff. And that can be their thing. Yeah. Um yeah, like just and they could um instead of trying to compete with Marvel and trying to outdo them, they're they they would be doing their own thing, and people like they they wouldn't necessarily be competing, and they could win in the animated world because Marvel doesn't really do that. I mean, I know they're starting to with the new um, Spider-Man movie that's coming up. <gasps> oh but, yeah, I uh, completely forgot about that. Yeah, I want to see, see that one. Uh, see, but, now these, they're there. Yeah. Marvel's already taking a jump into it now. Yeah. Oh God! Yeah. Oh my God! Just, I don't know. I don't know. As far as the 
like as far as the superhero movies are uh, for me I, i'm a bit burnt out but i'll watch them not not as as hardy as i did before but like when, if if it's still out i'll go see it at least once yeah but they they kind of need to slow it down a little bit yeah well, i i think with getting back to what we were talking about with youtube i think um dc saw how much money marvel was making and think oh, okay we, we got to do this now and it seemed like they were doing it just to to make a profit at the box office rather than making quality films which i mean i know that's what all the movies are about anyway but marvel seems to put put an effort into actually making a good film whereas dc it seemed like okay we'll just hire some writers we'll crank out a script and then film it and then just put it out yeah and it it feels like it sometimes and it's ah it hurts it hurts yeah but Okay. Ooh, okay. So it looks like we're kind of getting to the end time first. This. All right. So. So, this is the convoluted podcast, and mm-hmm. we like our guests to share a story about the the weirdest, strangest, most convoluted thing that you have ever seen, ever done, or have ever encountered. Okay. All right. Um, so I was. This happened when I was about uh, fifteen or sixteen years old. Now I want to say that I was. Um, I hadn't. I wasn't drinking the night before. Uh, I was completely sober. But I, for some reason, I woke up around eleven o'clock in the morning, and I don't know why, but I wanted some chocolate sauce. I looked in the kitchen. I was home alone. Um, looked in the kitchen. We didn't have any chocolate sauce, but we had chocolate chips. So I thought, okay, I'll just put them in a dish and put them in the microwave and melt them. And that's kind of like chocolate sauce. So I put them in the microwave um, for three minutes on high. And I came back into the kitchen. Smoke was coming out of the microwave. I thought, oh, shit. This is not good. <laughs> so I opened up all the windows to get rid of the smoke smell. And I had this like burnt mass of chocolate chips. And I thought, okay, I need to get rid of this somehow. I know, I'll, I'll just flush it down the toilet. It's fine. As soon as the chocolate chips hit the cold water of the toilet, it solidified and basically became a rock. But I didn't know this at the time. So I flushed it, and it went down about uh, uh, to the point where I couldn't see it, but it got stuck in the toilet. <laughs> and I didn't know what to do. So I'm trying, I'm flushing the toilet, I'm trying a plunger, I'm, I'm sticking knives down there, scissors, like anything that I can try to get this. I, I remember screaming, saying, either come up or go down. I don't care, just loosen up um i ju- i was trying everything so finally I, I decided okay well i need some water pressure uh so i went to the back of the house um turned got the hose but the the hose was right underneath the bathroom window but the window was too high that i couldn't 
feed it through the window. My brother's room was just beside the bathroom, and thankfully his window was a little lower. So I had the hose going into my brother's bedroom window, through his bedroom, out into the hallway, and into the bathroom, and trying to, with the water pressure of the hose, trying to get rid of this rock of burnt up chocolate chips and it wasn't working and i remembered calling my mom at work and just like in hysterics like i i i really screwed up here and and we didn't have a lot of money and i knew it was costly and i just i didn't want that on me but i knew that it was gonna be so finally um my grandfather came around and got his uh his uh like plumber's snake and it it took him a long time to loosen it up too. And finally he got it, but man, that was, that was one of the most stressful things that happened in my life. It's funny now, but at the time it was, I was panicking. (laughs) Damn. Wow. Like listening to that kind of had me in a panic. Like, Oh my God, what's going to (laughs) happen? Yeah. Wow. Damn, at that age, that level of stress, fuck, man. Like, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, like, I don't know. That's so weird. It's like you just want, you have a hankering for some chocolate and then, like, chocolate to clogged toilet. Damn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, dude. That that must have sucked for, for that oh. moment in life, man. Oh, it was, it was. I, I was so worried about what was going to happen. No, I wasn't so much worried about whether I was going to get in trouble. I just, I didn't want, like, like I knew a plumber was going to cost a lot of money and I knew we didn't have a lot of money. So that's what I was mostly worried about. It's like, what's going to happen? Are we going to be okay? You know, like financially. <laughs> that's hard. Mostly at that age. When you're yeah. thinking that. No, actually, you know, what's funny is that that's kind of something that, well, that's kind of something that I share with my family too, and and the rest of my siblings. We kind of really like think about like this is if we do something stupid, it, we we can't hurt ourselves because we're not going to the doctors, right? So yeah, I I feel that sentiment as well. Like like damn, but no, yeah. thank thank you for sharing that, man. Yeah. All right, no. we're gonna all right we're gonna finish this up with the game show portion. All right. All right, intro music here. Okay, so you decided to play Would You Rather. Yes. So, so simply put, you're going to be put into uh, two situations, and you're going to have to tell me why you would choose one over the other. We're going to have two rounds of these. To, okay. And uh, when, I, when I tell you uh, the scenario, uh, situations, you can uh, ask me any questions to kind of elaborate a little bit more. Sound good? Sounds good. All right, round one. <clears throat> Would you rather have your floor made of loaded firearms or you you acquire a job as a kindergartner teacher but all your students have knives? Um, okay. Uh, 
the firearms are the fire is, is the safety on or off random oh uh kindergartners um <laughs> because I, I can i feel like it, it could be a learning opportunity to teach them about the knives and to teach them about the safety that goes behind them and uh and i could i could because i'm smarter than a five-year-old i can sort of manipulate the situation so that they don't attack me but the firearms i i i just wouldn't be able to walk anywhere in my house <laughs> okay <laughs> all right that is, is that your final choice that's my final choice all right <laughs> that works <laughs> you are now a kindergarten a kindergarten teacher <laughs> best of luck on that one right. <laughs> oh that that thank you that that's that's pretty elaborate way to thinking that situation out all right round two all right anytime anyone sneezes they must do it in your face or everyone around you thinks you killed Jesus I would rather have people sneeze in my face um, because there's a lot of crazy people out there I don't want to um, okay so wait a minute for Jesus, are we talking about you? <laughs> I get or, that question a lot. Or, no, no. or Jesus Christ, the the Christian one. Okay, okay. Um, so there's a I, I'm there's a lot of insane people out there. So everyone thinking that I killed Jesus, I would be dead within 15 minutes. Um, I would need to. I, I would have to go seek asylum. I would have to. Um, basically go into hiding um, and that wouldn't be fun but people sneezing in my face I mean yeah they could have a disease but if I'm feeling symptoms I can just go to the doctor and and, and ta have that taken care of for the most part um, yeah I would get wet sometimes but I think that's better than having a bunch of fanatics after you all right, you avoided being a Judas. Yes. <laughs> All right, man. You worked your way around that problem. All right, then that's kind of the end of that. Hope you had fun at that part. That those are some pretty interesting situations you were kind of put into. <laughs> yeah. But at least you you worked your way out of those, or you yeah. worked your way out of one over the other. Yeah. <laughs> so we're at the end of the portion where we let our guests kind of shout out any of their stuff and let them know uh you know where they can find you so you can plug in all your stuff here yeah uh you can find me at uh, youtube.com slash polyphonic press um that's where my main content is and you can uh, i do album reviews of classic albums every tuesday and uh, yeah that's mainly where i am yeah, go ahead and go check him out. I I highly recommend it. Like I enjoyed his his well your your revamp from what I can tell. Yes, I really enjoyed it myself. And thank you for taking the time to having this conversation with me. 
Oh, of course. Yeah, thank you for having me. So once again, everyone, thank you for listening. Remember, you can always uh, uh, find me. Just look me up, Tyrant Dominus, Instagram, Twitter. And go hunt down Jeremy. Don't worry, he didn't kill Jesus. (laughs) Um, Check out his YouTube channel. And thank you for listening. Bye. If you could do them a favor and maybe tell a friend about the convoluted podcast, they sure would appreciate it. My creator knows I don't. They don't market or advertise the show in any way. They rely entirely on word of mouth.